you're listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. And, of course, we have your other host here, Michael. Hello. Tonight, we are going to be discussing Lucifer. Yes. And this will be an exciting... Uh, this will be an exciting episode. And I think one that could... Um, at least for a lot of people, I think, could be kind of like a... Let's get a little eye-opening, at least. You and I both know that Lucifer is uh, probably among the more misunderstood most and, definitely and demonized mm-hmm. spiritual figures thanks to the influence of uh we'll just say abramaic faiths um anyway so let's let's dive in and I, I think it is good to mention that the lucifer that we will be discussing tonight and this is going to probably maybe anger some people that are involved in particular occult and spiritual traditions but the lucifer that we're going to be talking tonight is the real lucifer the Roman Lucifer, the one who was rooted in Mediterranean folk and witchcraft practices. This is not the Christianized Lucifer. This is not the fallen angel. The fallen angel Lucifer. This is this is the real Lucifer. Okay, and if you feel that the Lucifer that is involved in your tradition is actually the real Lucifer, let's talk. Okay, because um, nah, no, I'm I'm gonna say no. Um, and I guess to clarify, the reason that I get a little territorial around this spirit is that it seems to me like a lot of the other traditions that have incorporated the concept of a light bearer or a Lucifer, kind of an archetypal mm-hmm. male male divinity, you know, that would even carry the name Lucifer, a lot of them have a very twisted and, and again, I want to say highly Christianized uh definition or or example or archetype of what of what he is oh yeah most um, definitely i mean you have there 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 are even which is in the area here who think that they're working with lucifer and noctifer and they don't know the the most historical fact about it they th- these are people who think that ostara is an ancient luciferian holiday yeah well and it's like what yeah. Probably, what? probably because they've, they've been reading too much EA quitting. But um, anyway, to, to further clarify, this is not the Lucifer that you would find yourself uh, learning about or working with in some capacity if you are a Luciferian practitioner, um, certain types of left-hand path practice, Satanism, these kinds of things. We are not talking about that Lucifer most of the time I'm going to say right now that Lucifer is bullshit. Lucifer doesn't exist. You're working with something else, an egregore, a trickster god, whatever you want to call it. This is going to be one of those subjects where I really probably kind of pick a fight with a lot of people, but sorry, he was my Lucifer first. Okay. <clears throat> Much like everything in modern uh, magical practices, a lot of the practices stem from Mediterranean practices, and those Mediterranean practices stem from Egypt and Africa and that area and the Middle East. And so when we get on these subjects and we seem like we're being fiery and we seem like we're we're trying to pick a fight, really what it is is we've done the research, we've done the work. Well, we've also grown up and, and, and continue to the state of practice traditions that, that where this, this god is... A, an inherent component yes of these traditions and it just it really angers me that he has been so so twisted and corrupted the representations of, of who and, and what he really is have been just 
bastardized. Yeah, it's it's it really it really pisses me off. Anyway, so all right, Austin. So who who is Lucifer? Who is the Lucifer that we are we are talking about this evening? Do you want me to go historically, or do you just want me to describe my personal? No, I don't want you just your UPG. I want I want I want. Why does it talk about my UPG? All of that. Well, you said my personal, and that well, to like me that my, says UPG. My personal like like connections with him that I have. That's had. UPG. Okay. Well, anyway, so <clears throat> Lucifer on a historical level uh, stems from a I don't want to say Etruscan, but ancient Etruscan, ancient Mediterranean deity known as Tinia. And Tinia was the lord of the wild places. Tinia came to Earth, and where Tinia descended into Earth, or onto Earth, is where Mount Vesuvius was created. And to this day, there are still practitioners uh, of folk practices, pagan practices, old, old witchcraft traditions, who will still go to Mount Vesuvius and lay offerings. Traditionally, they'd be virgins thrown into a volcano, but we don't do that nowadays. Um, that people know of. That people know of. Um, maybe we're throwing... Like, okay, so let's... Okay, let, 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 me, um, let me pull you back a little bit, okay? Because rather than going into those specifics, because we start talking about alternative names for, for you know, like Tinia, these kinds of things, and I think that in the process of doing that, we may unintentionally be confusing some people. Who are already not familiar with Lucifer. Okay, so let's let's instead let's talk about again some of the archetypal energies. So we see that's what I was a sun god. There. Yes, a sun god. Okay, you mentioned a uh, a, a lord of the wild places. Mm -hmm. Would you say he would would qualify or would be one of the earliest representations of a horned god? Yes. Okay. Yes, most definitely. I mean. Uh, horns always were symbolic of higher knowledge, gnosis, connection, knowing, uh, sovereignty, and royalty because they are the crown, natural crowns on the head of stags. Well, and I always heard kind of like they, they're they're a representation of kind of the bridge between the physical mundane yes. that would be represented by the body. Mm -hmm. and they reach to the heavens, so yes. we see this bridge between the mortal, the mundane, to the spiritual yes. and the esoteric. Uh, he is a god of sex, a god of poetry and music. Um, he is most definitely a god of the earthly things. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, god of wine, god of food, god of drink, uh, harvest. He is most definitely that. Okay. Um, when I talk about him in the Lucifer class, I always talk about like how he loves humanity. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's, again, that's one of the reasons why I get so frustrated with people, particularly Christians, who are the first to say, oh, Lucifer bad, Lucifer evil. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, if you, you were at all familiar with these other traditions, and of course they can't be because many of these are closed traditions, mm -hmm. not that they would bother to do the research into them anyway, because they're Christians and they already know everything, right? But we, we understand that Lucifer um, actually loves humanity that lucifer is a source of light in many different yes. ways you know um and that is not to say that lucifer is a pushover and that he's necessarily always approving of what we do no as humans you know he uh i think is uh another god that we could see that would certainly be related to gnosis yes um in many of the uh classes and things that we present particularly where we also bring in information around the goddess hecate mm -hmm. we we talk about how lucifer is actually or could be considered the flame of hecate's torch yes Yes. Okay, that same 
gnosis, you know, that same awakening, realizationing, or realizing kinds of things. And I think that that's where we ultimately see his love for humanity most, mm-hmm. right? Is that part of him that wants us to be better, that wants us to 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 live you know, in ways that are in harmony with not just the physical world, but with the spiritual mm-hmm. world to learn and to grow mm-hmm. and to become stronger. Yes. Well, and he always wants us to, he wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to, to, he, a lot of people in the pagan community get into this center of like dirty earth better. And Lucifer's like, yeah, those things are great, but also it'd be nice if you washed your hair. In in some aspects, I mean, I think that Lucifer, we we understand, also has a strong aspect because of his solar mm-hmm. <clears throat> associations. Lucifer also is known to be uh, a god of order mm-hmm. and balance, and so yeah, in that aspect, I would probably say like more more of his celestial kind yeah. of aspect would be like, oh, you know, like let's let's not get let's not spend all our time down in the muck because yep. you know it's important that we're physical. It's important that we have this experience but we also need to make sure that we kind of keep an eye to the heavens because mm-hmm. we we need to continue to work toward the the higher knowledge yes. and the you know and the and the growth in that sense we must always seek to be better than what we are exactly right it's 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 i think spiritual evolution at its at its simplest so all right so we've talked a little bit about who and what he is what what isn't lucifer he is not evil Okay. He is not the adversary. He is not. I mean, I guess technically he could be the adversary because, but we'll get we not later. That's a different subject. That's a different topic. So I think what you're referring to is he is not Satan. No, he, he is, is not. Not the the Abrahamic uh, or Christianized specifically Christianized representation of Satan. No, no, he is not. So we, in that same breath, we would also say he is not the devil. No, he is not. Though he does have devilish tendencies well i think as a horned god in that aspect i think as a horned god it would make sense to me that he would be among many others kernonos mm-hmm. pan well, there, a, are, there are a few well the, just as a wild god in general yeah, baphomet baphomet you know yeah. um that would have been i think re-envisioned by abrahamic faith as uh demons these these kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know, and so it would make sense that he would be kind of amongst the the other horned gods that really kind of got a got a kind of you know kind of a bad rap. But um, anyway, so one other the other things that and I talk about this a lot, and this is again for many people, this is a little more esoteric. But I also want to say he is not the demiurge. Mm-hmm. If if those of you who listen to this podcast are at all familiar with the demiurge, I just want to say right now that Lucifer is not the demiurge. He has no interest in keeping you trapped in old patterns of limiting behavior. He has no interest in keeping you fully absorbed with the mundane and the worldly. He really does want us to be able to balance our our priority of those things so that we can then move beyond potentially, right? Mm-hmm. So as we've already mentioned a few times. So all right, so Austin, what what role does Lucifer serve in well, I would say in many spiritual traditions, those who those who actually work with what I would call would be, uh, or what I would say would be, the true spirit that is Lucifer, uh, or of Lucifer. What 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 does he represent? What what role does he really serve for us? And <clears throat> he works. He is the witch father. He is the father of all magic. He is the father of all. Um, he, he he is the father that gives us the power to stand up and say no he is empowering he represents um 
for, for those of us who work with him on a more traditional level, he also represents the consort to Diana and the father of the first witch. So he is. So you bring up a little bit of, again, of a little bit of folk, uh, folklore and folk history there. So Lucifer is the consort and also the twin mm-hmm. to Diana, the mm-hmm. Roman Diana. Yes. And the two of them together uh, were responsible for creating... They, they, the two of them had the child uh, Herodias or mm-hmm. Aradia, mm-hmm. who uh, is kind of a controversial character in contemporary paganism and witchcraft because we, of course, we see the book by Leland, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Gospel of uh, Aradia, which is, I think, for a lot of people outside of these traditions, really the only time they've ever heard that name. Um, it's the only piece they have or the only glimpse they have of the folklore and the history there. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of traditions throughout the Mediterranean, uh, you know, Aradia is, is a common figure, you mm-hmm. know, and she is, for those of you who are perhaps not familiar with that name, uh, Aradia is the, uh, basically she is the Messiah of witches. Mm-hmm. She would be our counter uh, counterpart to uh, Jesus Christ mm-hmm. within the Christian religion. And so a uh, very important figure. Yes. Well, and... Even with Charles Leland, who wrote the the book, The Gospel of Witches, uh, or The Gospel of Maradia, Maradia, um, the correct pronunciation is Aradia, but the American pronunciation is Aradia. And Um, if you're American, you can say Aradia, and that's okay. Um, Even then, my my nona, my great-grandma, when she talked about Aradia, she spoke of Aradia as if this was a real person. Oh, yeah. And... Though she did not agree with what Charles Leland wrote, she also, you have to understand that a lot of these tells, a lot of these messages, a lot of these stories um, will change from family to family, from village to village. Mm -hmm. And from where she came, she did not like the Leland story because she was like, (laughs) my Nona said, he didn't make her mean enough. Hmm. Because she was that who rose up against oppressors. She was. Well, yes. I mean, again, you know, I mean, as a messiah of witches, you know, I think that her story would certainly, uh, and and what she taught uh, based on the lore of witches in that area of the world, she would, um, again, I want to say there would be a lot of parallels there to, say, like the gospel of Christ. Yes. Um, Anyway, like I said, this is not about uh, Aradia. This is, uh, we're focusing back on, on Lucifer. Um, <clears throat> why why might why might someone want to incorporate or or establish a connection or relationship to Lucifer to get a further sense of self-empowerment to to honor the divine masculine that's not the creepy aggressive forceful nasty gross cis hetero frat boy thing the you would work with Lucifer and connect with Lucifer to improve your practice and further your connection to the divine in ways that are more mundane. Okay. What about, what about the part of Lucifer that would maybe be considered or would be seen to be a bit more um, heretical in nature. And when I say that, in no way do I want that to sound as if I'm falling back on old Christian concepts of Lucifer. What I'm really talking about is that part of him that is 
um, very good, I think, in the process of helping us to kind of uh, wake up and evolve a little bit. Yes. That part of him that also can be a little bit of a trickster. That's mm-hmm. like, like, do you see this? Do you see what you value? Do you see how empty and shallow this is? Mm-hmm. Do you see how this doesn't really fulfill you in any meaningful way? Maybe it's time to turn away from this. You know, he seems to be very good at taking our perspective of things, what we identify as normal and safe. And turning them on their head. And kind of flipping those on their head and saying, like, this is really, if you look at this from this perspective, does this still mean the same thing? Is this still something that is nourishing you in the way that it should? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I could see that being really important. You know, and I know that you and I both, we have students and a lot of other people that we've connected with who have found themselves called to or who have uh, begun working with Lucifer, particularly the Lucifer that we know mm-hmm. in our tradition. And um, and I know a lot of these, or I've noticed that a lot of these people are going through really serious, uh, like, processes of change in their life. Like, they're going through a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're dealing with a lot. They're deprogramming. They're letting go. But at the same time, they're reaching for something new. Um, and it's just, you know, it's one of these things that I'm like, like that, that to me would be, I think probably the big one. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, a definitely an enlightening kind of a figure or influence. Yeah. Um, and when I say enlightening, I don't mean like, like ascended soul, light worker, new work or new age bullshit version of enlightenment. Cause no, that doesn't like, exist. True, <clears throat> truly like making you open your eyes and see things. Yeah. So that we can then ideally yeah. make a, a more powerful choice around yes. those things, right? Even if we choose not to change mm-hmm. the behavior or our values don't necessarily change, we can then at least be consciously aware of why we choose those things, mm-hmm. right? Because that's all Lucifer ever asks of us is just be conscious about the way that you live. Don't be a puppet. Yes. Don't be a puppet. Don't just live your life going through the motions. Like, you know, like like show up for yourself, you know? And that's, again, I think, I think one of the important things. So who it's funny i asked you this a moment ago because i was looking through some of my notes for our episode and i um asked you who would who would most benefit from working with lucifer what was your answer everyone basically yeah i think really anybody uh could could really benefit from some of this energy um Uh, if we're gonna get specific Mm -hmm. uh we're gonna go with marginalized folk um but specifically lgbtq plus um he he loves his alphabet mafia people because he himself is a member of the alphabet. Well, mafia. I was just say maybe we should stop right there too because we've also known we've been using he and him pronouns quite a bit this night. But many of the practitioners that we've connected with that also work with Lucifer have actually kind of confirmed, and we've had these experiences as well. Oh yeah, Lucifer. Where Lucifer really does seem to kind of defy gender. Yeah, a little bit. It would probably be better to to refer to Lucifer as as maybe. They, them, or, they or them. some other sort of non-binary yes. uh, classification. But traditionally, though, we, we do still see Lucifer as a, as a him. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so they love their alphabet mafia. They love any individual who is a person of color, anyone who has struggled, anyone who is getting over religious trauma. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly enough, if you're coming from a Christian background, th- some of the heaviest healing work you can do is doing some work with this version of Lucifer, the true rooted in the Mediterranean craft version of Lucifer, because they're all going to show up and you're going to get that initial feeling of, I'm scared. This is weird. And then you're just going to feel this radical acceptance Mm -hmm. just surround you and welcome you. I had, I had a student 
in they, they've recently had to bow out of the awakening the witch class but i had a student who had this experience where they went to the witch's temple um and they're like i was embraced by this figure that was just completely shrouded in golden flames and light with horns and at first i was like oh god it's the devil it's satan and they after aligned themselves i mean they were saying that yes they, they thought that okay. yes and once they let this happen and they just kind of like melted into that experience mm-hmm. they were just radically accepted yeah lucifer will accept anyone who's willing to listen who's willing to work who's willing to take a long hard look at how they live and go yeah i'm not doing the best or i'm doing what i can yeah well and even then if you, even if you're not in the position to maybe change your behavior again at least being conscious about that mm-hmm. you know actually you know stepping up and being like like i know that i probably could be doing better and i'm gonna i'm gonna start as soon as i'm able mm-hmm. you know and right there that's enough that's enough really to get started anyway so i think it's interesting that you mentioned people who are coming out of uh particularly christianized uh belief systems where and they have that specific kind of religious trauma because if you have been involved with any kind of christianity i don't, I don't care how cool and liberal your pastor, your reverend, your minister, or whatever has been, if you've been involved in Christianity in recent years, you have some religious trauma, I assure you. Um, and I think one of the reasons that Lucifer is such a powerful figure is uh, for these people to connect with as they're trying to deprogram from that and they're trying to remove themselves and heal from that trauma is Lucifer has been a huge component of that trauma, albeit in a wrong in the wrong context Mm -hmm. you know they've had this belief system that's told them like this is the enemy this is the adversary and everything this that that this spirit would ever do to you is harmful everything that you believe in and the way that you live your life should run counter to what this spirit is but it's all a lie it's all a lie it's just the programming you know and so to step away from that faith and then to actually have this spirit who isn't what they told you he was at all but to have this spirit step up and say this is who i truly am and I am here to help you. And mm-hmm. I am here to help you heal and to shed these things because you are a powerful person and you deserve to be healed of this. You do not need to carry this trauma. To have an experience like that, to have a God actually step up and, you know, and, and to kind of, I think, welcome you like that, you know, and um, yeah, you know, and then beyond that, we again, we touch back upon the part of him that's very good at helping to pull the wool away from our eyes, right? Yes. He's very good. I mean, that's the whole context of Lightbearer, right, is he he shines a light in dark places. And if you have been trapped in some way in your life and you've not been able to see a way through, Lucifer is one of these spirits that can help you to find that exit. You know, I mean, a good exit, you know, help you find your way out of that dark space. So, all right. What are some ways, you know, we've talked so much about, you know, how Lucifer, you know, has been identified and the archetypal energies and all these things. But for, for other people maybe who are, you know, they're feeling a sense of a spirit, but they don't really know what that might be, you know, and they're, they're still kind of learning and figuring that out. What are some common things that you've seen that you've experienced around um, how Lucifer manifests in our spiritual work? I feel like you're interviewing me. Um <clears throat> Well, I'm just trying to make sure that we both have a chance to, to kind of express some some of our personal connection here because this is a spirit that means quite a bit to both of us. How does he manifest? 
did I hear your question correctly? Okay, well, for example, okay, so one of the things that I've noticed in a lot of people um, is that as they, um, as they become further drawn to Lucifer, they seem to have a little bit more of a balance between, um, how to word this. I've noticed that a lot of people who who start to really feel a really strong Luciferian presence or Lucifer like in, in there popping up, there there starts to they start to have I think a lot more association with like the sun, mm-hmm. you know. Like for me, it's that it's those little things, right? People are always looking for signs and interpretations, right? Everything mm-hmm. is an omen, right? Yes. You know, and so like and that's probably a poor example, but I've had a few conversations with people who have connected to Lucifer, you know, and in their past because they've of, you know, whatever tradition they've worked with previously, um, I mean, specifically within paganism and witchcraft, mm-hmm. you know, we we tend to focus so much on the moon and the lunar associations mm-hmm. with witchcraft, you know, and I've noticed a lot of people as they've opened a door for Lucifer into their practice, they've started to also develop a little bit of a better appreciation for the light of the sun, you know, and the solar influence on their practice. The moon is amazing and also such a powerful representation for us and power mm-hmm. for us, you know, the moon particularly represented by again diana who is the sister and counterpart to lucifer yes right? but the moon does not um, illuminate without the light of the sun exactly and so so i think it's it's nice to see you know some of that in in some sense kind of bringing about a little bit of, of balance i've also noticed that these people seem to um I've, I've seen people who are usually fairly new mm-hmm. in their practice, you know, and they, they haven't really made the commitment to a particular spirit or deity yet, um, you know, and then for some reason they find themselves drawn to Lucifer, right? And a lot of these people I've noticed they've been fearful initially, not not of Lucifer, but I mean in their own practice. Mm-hmm. Like they've been very slow to progress. They're so afraid of doing something wrong, you know, and for them their, their spiritual work really kind of becomes like a drudgery. It's like like everything is... You know, everything makes them insecure. Everything makes them anxious. Like, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. I'm not getting the results I want. You know, and there's a lot of overthinking and a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. in a lot of these people. And then you see this, the influence of Lucifer kind of pop up. And he's like, this is supposed to be fun. What the fuck are you doing? If you can't enjoy this, what can you enjoy? You know, and I've noticed a lot of these people then, like, they relax. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to have... It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay for me to remember that I'm human. I may also be a witch, but I'm still human. And I can have fun. Mm-hmm. And I can play at this. You know, I want to take it seriously because it's my practice and my spirituality, but I can have fun with this. Yeah. You know, and they, they seem to more often incorporate an element of creativity and play into their work, you know. And I noticed that they're also, they're very good at that point at starting to kind of think outside the box. Yeah. You know, which is, again, another wonderful thing that Lucifer does for us, right? We've already kind of touched upon Ugh, it. I'm getting so excited so, for when I get to this uh, get to this portion in, in, in my class. So have you noticed any other ways? Like, have you noticed any other, um, in just your students, yourself, who any other other practitioners we know that work with Lucifer, where you, you've kind of seen, like, oh, wow, this is des- definitely a Lucifer's yes. influence? I, I will just basically second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, everything that you just said. Because when my students, there's a portion in my in my Awakening Witch course mm-hmm. where we actually will um, create, we will do a vocation and call the spirit in to create a firmer connection to them. Because I'm your teacher, he is Lucifer, Lucifer is the witch father, I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we are going to connect with Lucifer. Um, 
And it's so funny because in the next, like, usually, like, the week after, which is usually the week off from class. Um, <laughs> homework week, right? Yes, it's homework week. Yeah. I get just these messages from people, like, I've been wanting to go out and just run and frolic. And, like, I, I took a personal day from work because I just needed to go and have fun. Um, I have people who are like, I decided that I'm going to learn to play the cello. You know? Hmm. Like, I have these people who people and students who do this i know that for me when i first called that spirit in i started taking myself less seriously and that's what led me away from wicca actually mm. okay um because in wicca you do have a horned god and you have mm-hmm. the goddess yeah um but it's very like the horned god is supposed to be like stern and masculine mm-hmm. and the goddess is supposed to be ah, and healing and blood yes. and so on and so forth and and so when I left and I started working closer with Lucifer and called the spirit in and um, I started noticing the beauty in the small things. I started noticing um, just the beauty and the art just in, in nature in general, just all around us how the wind that blew this is going to make me sound like a hippie and y'all can that's okay you're already there you're good you know just being able to get up in the morning even even to this day getting up in the morning going outside with the dogs letting them do their morning stuff and breathing and hearing the birds chirping it's it's a beautiful song and i can appreciate that more and it's the little things that you learn to appreciate with lucifer not the big bombastic things you know, though he does have that, but it's enjoying the things that are already there and noticing the details in them. And so last year when I decided I was going to do gardening, I had a little plot in my garden that was like, Ooh, I like these flowers. Ooh, these are pretty. Ooh, these plants are nice. And without doing any research other than how to grow them, (laughs) After a minute, I was like, I should probably check and see these things. Every single one of those plants I planted was like, also associated with Lucifer or Apollo or Tinea. And mm. And I'm like, it just kind of gave me this like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's those little things. Um, you, you really will feel his energy when you're listening, his energy and his presence when you are just enveloped in music. I have noticed that as well. He's, mm. he, yeah. they love they love music all music you go to the symphony and you sit and you listen and you let those waves of music just caress you that's where they are you go to a rock concert and you feel that drum and that bass and that boom in your bones they're there so so that's that's personally how i connect as well okay very good sorry so you're good. You got me on art. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, a slightly different idea. And I, I will say this is a more contemporary uh, idea around Lucifer. But you mentioned several moments back uh, Noctifer. Yes. Can you elaborate a little bit on who exactly Noctifer is? Noctifer is still Lucifer, but it is Lucifer in their... The brightest light casts the biggest shadow. Okay. And this is the shadow that is Lucifer. Okay. Um, so if Lucifer is the rising sun, Noctifer is the sunset. Okay. Noctifer is the 
the fact that you can see Venus in the skies. Noctifer is... Noctifer is dark, but not scary. Okay. So so would it be... So basically, Noctifer is the shadow aspect of Lucifer. Yes. Okay. And so where we see Lucifer in some sense being represented again as a solar deity who is influential in, you know, just general balance, law, and order, mm-hmm. we could see Noctifer as the counterpart to that, kind of more of the horned god, Lord of the Wilds, and I think yes. um, a slightly more chaotic kind of a presence there. Yeah. Noctifer would be more akin to the Buka. Okay, yeah. So again, but again, not not evil. We're not talking about a oh, no. sinister or evil presence here. We're talking about the necessity or the balance. If we have light, we also know that we need shadow. Yes. Um, example. Wolves. Wolves are not evil. Mm-hmm. Coyotes are not evil. Mm-hmm. But at night... When you're alone out in the woods or in the wilderness and you hear that howl and it sends that chill down your spine, Mm -hmm. that is Noctifer energy. You're not in immediate danger, but you could be. Hmm. Okay. It is that that sense of preparedness that Noctifer brings us. All right. It's a a very primal. (laughs) Yes. Kind of a thing. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So based on what we were just talking about a moment ago, before I I tangented to Noctifer, um, what would you recommend to people to to more consciously incorporate Lucifer and his energy into their practice? I mean, besides the regular things? Well, I mean, a lot of this is really just going to kind of, kind of carry on what we were just discussing you know we talked about you know bringing a sense of creativity into yeah. your practice we talked about maybe incorporating things like dance and music into your practice oh, he loves, they um, love dancing <clears throat> they um, love we, dancing. we talk a lot one of the things that I like to do one of the, one of the ways that I have found that I've connected with Lucifer quite strongly um, is we have in many many Mediterranean traditions we have the concept of the altars and the first bo- uh, altar being the body your mm-hmm. physical body is your altar your first altar yes. um, and you need to keep your first altar I would I would say to be honest probably above any other altar you might keep because if your first altar isn't well kept you can't take care of any others mm-hmm. right so that includes your working altar your ancestral altar whatever it may be right so because Lucifer uh, actually I think kind of, takes pleasure in the fact that we are mortal or that we are physical and mortal beings i think you know um you know and we we have these fun bodies we get to do things with right Mm -hmm. so i've i've noticed that in being able to connect with my body the physical sensations of my body the physical strength of my body you know um even in ways like like i don't know sitting and eating like some sort of like junk food that i know i probably shouldn't but, um, you know, but for some reason, this is like a comfort thing for me. I mean, for me, that's, I'm not saying just sitting and snacking is the way I connect with Lucifer. Don't misunderstand me. But, um, you know, but, but being able to connect to our physical bodies in, in a variety of ways, I think, is one way that I would certainly recommend people kind of bring a little bit or one way they could bring a little bit of Lucifer in, you know, that could, for some people that could be like, I can go to the gym, right? I know, I was just gonna ask you, you go that. to the gym and you love the, you love the way your body feels. You love to feel the strength of your body as you're working out. You love the way your body feels after, um, you know, that's what I used to do. And mm-hmm. then COVID hit and 
I'm now still struggling with like, is it safe to go to the gym? Is it ever going to be safe to go to the, go back to the gym? Because, you know, <clears throat> well, the gym was kind of gross before COVID and I can imagine it's just gotten worse because people don't ever, people are not polite at the gym. They never yes, clean the equipment. Yes, I know. Yeah. But that's one of the ways that I connect with Lucifer was feeling the ability that I could push large amounts of weight, yeah. feeling that my body was strong and that yeah. I could protect my loved ones mm-hmm. and myself. Okay. And that I had the stamina to walk up a flight of stairs and not want to die. Oh, okay. Do you want to die every time you walk up a flight of stairs now? No. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Okay. All right. What are some other ways thinking of maybe some of the other associations that we have with Lucifer? When we talked about art and music. Okay. What about like, what about instead of waiting until the sun sets and it's dark outside? What about actually doing your ritual out in the sun? Yeah. Doing a solar ritual. How about creating sun water? Exactly. Although I think that's really gross and stupid, just like moon water. Yes, I said it. If you're listening to this and you make moon water, moon water is stupid and it is not a traditional witchcraft thing. Grow the fuck up. No, it is not. Um, except for, you know, usually collecting water underneath the moon that holds and gets yeah, but that particularly but for our ancestors in Lincoln, Henry, maybe, but, but that's um, that's not going to have been used in the contemporary way oh, that you see not. people using moon water. No, of course and most not. of the people who are preparing moon water now, they're not even doing it right. You know, and I know, I know, I know. There's no one right way to do something, but trust me, there are ways to to collect and prepare moon water that are going to actually be effective and hold power, and other ways where you basically have spring water in a jar that sat out overnight. You know, so anyway, Lucifer, what about fire and associations with fire? Because he's very fiery. Yeah, you could fire scry. Yeah, okay. You could fire scry. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, there's an exercise I have my students do that incorporates fire and dancing and music. Cool. Um, and yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. You light a fire, you put on some music, and you dance. In the fire. No. Oh, okay. I mean, if All you right. want to, but I can't think that Let's would not do encourage well that. Let's if, not yeah, that. those of you listening, yeah, please don't do that. Please don't try but, to dance in fire. But part of it is you do it naked. Okay. You, you dance around the fire naked. So, you know, in the comfort of your own home or backyard or wherever. But you could do it in the shower. You know, if you're in the shower and you are, you have candles lit and the shower's going and that shower's hitting your body, you're in tune. You're mm-hmm. aware of that body uh, of your body. Mm. Dance and sing and move in the shower with those candles lit. In... You must have a very big shower. Um, I don't have a big shower, but I can still dance and move in my shower. Okay, it's not like All I'm right. doing a full ballet routine. Oh well, that would be that's unfortunate because that would that would be fun to watch. Um, all right, there are a lot of others. And, you know, and I, I would actually say the more that we get to know or the more that maybe some of our listeners would get to know Lucifer, I think that they would probably find some pretty personal and some pretty creative ways to connect uh-huh. with Lucifer. Um, um, find out what plants would be sacred to him. And the thing is, is it's, it's going to be hard because everything about Lucifer or Tinea that we are aware of has been eradicated by the church. That's a tricky thing, and I was going to bring that up kind of closer to the end of this topic tonight. A lot of people, when we start to discuss Lucifer, the first thing that they ask for is, well, can you give me additional resources? And while there are a lot of 
academic type books and texts out there that will have information about Lucifer. Uh, none of them are really going to do him justice. None of them are really going to give you information on, I, I guess, the Lucifer that we're really that we're talking about tonight. Well, and the thing um, is that that can be said for pretty much any deity out there. Well, I, but I think some deities are were were either better documented or they were parts of traditions that were not so heavily demonized by Abrahamic faith. Yeah. You know, um, they weren't. You know, there were not efforts to deliberately shut these deities out to the extent that we saw with with figures like Lucifer and and a few others. So, so it could be difficult. And in in suggesting recommendations for books or other places to learn about Lucifer, I I, I always kind of draw a blank there. Be, and well, one of the other reasons for that also is because the Lucifer that we're talking about for many many years has really been, I, I would say, really kind of part of practices that are are closed. fairly closed yeah. you know and i just want to say right now in any of the the information that we have shared tonight just to be clear none of the information that we have shared tonight about lucifer is anything that would be uh would, not be, broken would be any closed oaths. yeah would be not be closed we have not broken any oaths we have not broken any any vows or, or processes of initiation by sharing this information um yeah but but because of that though because the truth of closed practices is if it's getting talked about, it's not closed. Those things that are closed are kept tight, lipped, and shut. It's very true. Yeah, a lot of people get really confused about that. And, and yeah, to support what you just said, yeah, if, if people are openly talking about it, it, it really, they, it can't be part of a truly closed practice. The truly closed practices, you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. and even when we get onto the subject of white sage, the proper ceremonial practice around it is closed. Mm-hmm. To do it properly, you need to know those practices, which means you need to be invited in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still closed. That's okay. We don't need to get anyway, on, a, on a closed practice. Um, if, I'm going to tell our listeners that if you want to learn more about um, just the archetype of like the God of Witches or something like that, um, there are there are various books out there you could read. You could do research around Helios. Apollo. Now remember that these are not the same deities. These are not the same gods as Tinia or Lucifer, but they're going to share some of those same qualities. And like we know, synchronization or syncretization is a thing that happened in ancient cultures. Um, Jason Mankey actually wrote a book called The Horned God of the Witches. Um, you know, I've yet to read that. And I, you know, part of that is just part of that is a personal thing. I'll be the first to admit, like on a personal level, Jason Mankey kind of We'll just say he kind of rubs me in the wrong way. Like I just, I just, yeah. There's just, there's something there, and I, I because of that, I've not read that book. But my understanding is that book would have representations of multiple horned yes. gods. How, you've read the book, have you? I, I, I've, I've perused it. Okay, I so okay, so you haven't read it. Okay, but you're familiar out. enough with some of the information, and you're you're familiar with some of Minky's other works. Mm -hmm. um, how Wiccanized is the information in that book? Not much. No, really? Okay. No, he, he may be Wiccan, but he's also academic. And okay. much like Thorn Mooney and much like Thorn Mooney, though they are Wiccan, though Thorn is Wiccan, mm -hmm. she is an academic. Well, I'm not trashing Wicca, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying but but if the information in that book has been written from the perspective of a of of Wicca, then anything they might have about there or in there concerning horned gods is probably not going to detail Lucifer. Exactly. And no. The, 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 okay, that that's all I was trying to yeah, get. Yeah, no, the okay. horned god of the witches by Menke is mm -hmm. like. We're talking like Kernanos. Yeah, Hern. 
he Pan, he talks about right. those archetypes. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So, so Lucifer's left out again. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read it, but also Lucifer might be part of there. But again, Lucifer wasn't always known as Lucifer. Okay. See, I thought you'd read this book. We probably in future we probably need to not bring up books or list books that we haven't personally read. I've um, read it, but it was one of my speed reads where I was like, okay, cool. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, I don't really care about Kernanos. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. I guess. Okay. Kernanos. What is it? What? Are, what? Are, what is? Will Moonwell call him Antler Jesus? Yes, Antler Jesus. Yes. Cronos is Antler Jesus. Yes, which, which is... here's the thing. Most of the modern day authors that are writing stuff right now, mm-hmm. though they have come from Wicca, they also are, again, very academic and want to get to the roots and the sources. And so they're going yeah. to do all they can to make sure that they've done their research. And even some of the older authors who are still alive will still come out with like, okay, I was wrong. I've done a revision. Here's the new thing. Okay. You know, example, Paxson. Diana Paxson has done that several yeah. times yeah. over. So. Yeah. Well, no, that's good, right? That's It's nice to see that because I think a lot of people have a hard time uh, growing in those ways. Yes. So, all right. Cool. Is there anything else that you would like to share oh, God, about I, I, Lucifer with... Uh, there's much that I'd like to share, but oathbound. Um, do not be afraid. You know, um, I did, I've done a Lucifer path working twice. The first Lucifer path working was apparently so prevalent for people that they like. Prevalent. Not prevalent. Powerful. I think powerful is what I was looking for. Okay. Um, that these, that, that we got like messages on Facebook from, from the, from people saying like, this changed my perspective. This changed my life. Mm-hmm. I came out as like transgendered Mel and I was told by Lucifer in the path working, like they will accept you. I will see to it. Mm-hmm. And like their family accepted and they were like, yeah, actually we've been saving up to help you with your transition for mm-hmm. years when you were comfortable to come out to us. And like, there is this huge thing and it was really, really cool. The second time it was rough because someone's phone went off you're talking in the ritual in the ritual yeah i got like a sidebar any of you who who are listening to this if you if you ever have the opportunity to attend a public ritual that is hosted by an experienced practitioner i'm not talking like a coven working because you're unless you're part of the coven you're not going to be invited to that shit but Mm -hmm. but like like a public group working and the person who is overseeing the ritual tells you to turn off your fucking phone turn turn off off your your fucking fucking phone I, i i don't know why that is so hard and i understand i understand our phones are like you know, like, like, you know, the world stops if you don't have your phone in your hand now, right? But you, you, you really, you do. You, you've got to be respectful of the other people in that space. You've got to be respectful of the people who are overseeing the ritual. I, Shit, I, be respectful of yourself because what that tells everybody else in that room at that moment is that you care a hell of a lot more about that text message than your own spiritual welfare. I, I will say this. There is a part of me that I, I know who this, who, who this was. Cannot prove it, but I know who this was. And I know that when they showed up, Lucifer, because I have a strong connection, basically was like, I don't want them here. And I was like, okay, I can't really do anything about that. And Lucifer went, cool, I'll do something about it. Okay. And I, I'm, I think daddy, daddy Lucifer went, yeah, no, 
you don't need to share in this experience and everyone else is going to get something from it except you. And even though this is going to go off, I'm going to make sure it happens. And I, he was kind of laughing about it is the feeling I got. So. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, anything else? Um, if you're going to approach Lucifer, approach Lucifer with respect an open mind and an open heart. Okay. Um, you're not going to be able to find lots of really good representations of them out there. You're going to see things like the fallen angel and, and the devil. And there's one floating around where it's Lucifer and Lilith and Lilith had nothing to do with Lucifer. This Lucifer that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, he had nothing to do with the other Lucifers either. Exactly. Um, so if you're going to do that, a good representation is peacock feathers. Okay. Peacock feathers, the, just their color scheme and the eyes and just the tenacity of male peacocks. Tenacity. Is the... right up Lucifer's alley. I don't think I've ever thought of male peacocks as tenacious before, but okay. Um, all right. They're tenacious and kind of mean. I don't know if that word, I don't know if you think that word means what you think it does or if that word means what you think it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, peacocks are tenacious. Male peacocks are tenacious. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure in certain instances, but that has more to do with behavior than, anyway, that's okay. Um, you are just on one tonight. You are just giving me shit left and right. Well, that's why I'm here. All right. Well, hopefully some of the information that we presented tonight on Lucifer will be of value. And, uh, yeah, and as always, if you have any questions on that information, feel free to contact us and we will follow up with you and uh, hopefully help you help you figure out how Lucifer might fit into your own practice. So, all right, well, let's, let's switch gears here a little bit. What's been going on lately, Austin, that's kind of had you... A little, little flustered. I know one we were talking about earlier was uh, another. Uh, I I always feel conflict about this because I will I will be the first person to admit that I'm a proud gatekeeper, but I think that we have to gatekeep things for one for the right reasons. Two, that we need to be intelligent enough about the things that we're gatekeeping to make sure that we actually have a right to gatekeep. Um, yeah, and I guess what I'm referring to is an issue that you had today concerning the Santa Muerte tarot deck. Yeah, uh, Santa Muerte tarot deck is not closed. Tarot is not closed. Um, anyone who wants to come for me on that, great. You can talk to Vlad about it. I'm not going to have that argument, but I am going to say this. It's, it's a masked published and produced deck by Llewellyn. No, I believe it's a Los Corabio deck. It's a Los Corabio. Yeah. Um, either way, large company. Um, I do... The, the only thing that makes it Santa Muerte is the fact that it's skeletons. Well, there is one card, actually one or two, two cards in the deck that actually I think do, do, do depict Santa Muerte in some aspect. Um, 
I guess the, I guess where I struggled with this as you and, and Vlad were sharing this with me earlier is the the person and we're not gonna we're not gonna point anybody to who this person is because I have no idea who this person is anyway. It's it's not worth it. And anyway, but I, but in talking about this as another example of the ridiculous limits that people will go to to be special and to try to claim something is closed, you know, I, I got a giggle out of this because I'm thinking about Santa Muerte specifically, and there are many practitioners who will tell you that she's not really closed to anybody. No. If you want to be a devotee, there are certain things you have to do, but you can make worship and, and give her offerings and things. None of that is closed to anybody. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, to look at the to look at the, the audacity of someone saying, this is a tarot deck and it's closed, based off of Mesoamerican folk and spiritual culture cracks me up because if that's really the case, unless you have Italian ancestry or ancestry from that particular area of Europe, you shouldn't be working with the tarot anyway, right? By that logic, by that logic. And I'm not trying to say that if you don't have that kind of ancestry that you shouldn't work with the tarot because the tarot isn't closed either. Tarot is open to anybody. Yes, and the Romani people did not invent tarot. We've already talked about that on the podcast, but yes, but but it, yes, it does bear repeating. Yes, yes, no one can claim, no one can claim the tarot. No one can say the tarot was. Tarochi was originally a game, and it so, was artwork. Anyway, I, I thought that was kind of funny though, and again, it was something else that came up just today that that I think kind of had all of us shaking our heads, and I think hopefully you know ultimately I just, laughing. I just, I just at get the, the foolishness. I get frustrated because there are people who legitimately are coming in the shop trying to find stuff to do spells and grow on their spiritual practice. And of course, all the fucking information they're getting is from a goddamn application or social fucking media or Tumblr or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. And I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, can you not think for yourself? Like, did it never occur to you that you could like Google that shit? And get, like, three different answers. Mm -hmm. How about you pick up a damn book? Better yet, go to your local, like, store or a local elder and go, hey, help. Well, you got to be really careful with that, though, too, because there are a lot of people claiming to be elders that aren't. Yeah, if if someone's claiming to be an elder, they're not an elder. Okay? You know, you want to come to me and you want to talk about Wicca, I will talk about Wicca with you. I will not, I will give you no bullshit answers or anything like that. You come to me and you want to talk about Nordic stuff, I'm going to go, I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be that. I'm not going to try and bullshit you. I'm going to direct you to some books that aren't racist. And we're going to go from there. But it, it, it has become so frustrating. On top of that, there are people who are coming in who, I need to do a cord cutting. I need to do a cord cutting. And they're buying two candles and asking we have hemp string. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to have that conversation where I'm like. I'm surprised that's still going around. Oh, of course it's still going around. It's pretty. It's yeah. pretty and aesthetic. So, of course, it's going to go around. And so, I'm sitting here, and I have to have this conversation with these people. And the minute I start in on that conversation, they glaze over. Because they don't want to hear it. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. No, we, we've talked about that before. People want to believe the lie. What, what, what it is, is you don't have a million followers. You're right. I don't. Because I talk about true shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and spread misinformation and do performative bullshit to get followers. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do performative bull to get you to listen to something. If you want that, go see Macbeth. Yeah. Go see Wicked. Mm-hmm. Watch the craft. I think that gets tricky because I had a, I had another situation just today. 
um, with um, a young woman that came into the shop, and um, and she was and she was a good kid. I say kid because she was very young, uh, you know. And as far as witchcraft is concerned, you know, I would say fairly inexperienced. Um, and she came in looking for quartz, just clear quartz, because she'd been told that she could use clear quartz to, or or just just yeah, just quartz to uh, clear energy that carrying quartz would clear energy. And I'm not saying that quartz can't be utilized in that way, but in its in its own state, unless it's been specifically like, you know, programmed or, or charged in a in a in a, in a, in a particular way or spelled, clear quartz is not going to clear energy. Um, and she, and so I, I talked with her for a few moments. Did she do the glaze over a lot? Well, no. So she 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 kind of pushed back a little bit. You know, I was trying to give her some alternatives, some things that actually would probably be of benefit to that. And I guess I should clarify that this whole thing was all about clearing her her tarot cards. So the first thing that I had to say is, you don't need to clear your tarot cards. You know, unless you're allowing a lot of other people to handle your tarot cards regularly. And you know some of these people might have some funky energy. You don't need to be clearing your tarot cards. Um, most of the time, if you're working with a tool like that consistently, you don't want to clear it because it'll actually pick up some cool energy. Um, so there is that. But I, I pushed her a little bit on where she'd been getting this information, and she said, "Well, my dad has been teaching me." And you know, and I'm like, "Okay, well." I understand, you know, like this is your father and you want to trust the information he's giving you because he's your dad and you want to trust your parents, right? Um, But we also, we need to be honest about the actual level of experience and education these people have. The fact that somebody is, you know, you know, they might love you and be perfectly well-meaning in the information that they're sharing with you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're legitimately trained or actually have real knowledge, you know, and in this situation, you know, I was kind of it basically came down to like, well, my dad read a copy of the Necronomicon when he was a teenager. And I'm like, so that's what he's based his personal spiritual practice on. And that is now what he's teaching you. He's teaching you from that very, very limited and not even factual information. The Necronomicon, if any of you are, are familiar with the Necronomicon um, and this makes you mad, I'm very sorry. But the Necronomicon was written by H.P. Lovecraft, and it's bullshit. It's science fiction. And, you know, and there are people that use the Necronomicon over the years, like, that can use the energy and the archetypal representation. And don't get me wrong, I love the mythos of the Necronomicon. The Elder Gods, Cthulhu, I love that shit. But that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's science fiction. It's fantasy. And, you know, and there are people that can incorporate elements of those kinds of things into their practice. And I've seen people do some really cool stuff with that. But that is not a, that is not a spiritual tradition. That is a, a bit and a piece that you take from here because you want to add this extra flair to a working. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I felt kind of bad for her because she's obviously got someone who 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 loves her and who I'm sure is very well-meaning, but someone who nevertheless is filling her head with crap. And now she's old enough to come out into the community and start making some of her own decisions. And she can't, she's, she has no objectivity. She can't see like, oh, well, maybe maybe you know i've talked to five or, or six other people who actually are are can show me that they're established in this kind of work and have been doing this for a while and they're telling me this is wrong maybe i maybe i maybe i should consider that like she couldn't get that you know and and that's okay you know at the end of the day it was fine you know she she got her quartz 
you know, she picked up a couple of other stones that I recommended. So, you know, so I felt okay. I'm like, okay, you're going away with something that'll actually do what you need it to. But again, remember, you don't need to clean your tarot card. If you want to clean your tarot deck, wonderful, but you don't need to do that shit, right? Um, so I don't, I don't know. I think that's one of the other things that I'm, I'm kind of seeing more now. It's like, we really do, we really do need to be more careful about who it is where we're, we're receiving information from. Well, and, and learning to check sources and do the, do some research yourself. I get it. Research hard. I might read something that hurts my feelings. Just get over it. It's a fucking book. Isn't that that's isn't that kind of the point of research though? Is to expand your mind. Yeah. And to try to find information that you don't already have. You know, even like, if it might make there, you there's uncomfortable. There's an entire, an entire just group of people and practitioners out there that are like, avoid this book, avoid this book, avoid this book because it's going to say things that are going to make you uncomfortable. And it's like, yeah, witchcraft is uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, do, do, do you really think that that running out in the woods barefoot so you could go and pick that rare night-blooming moon flower that is also toxic and you're probably stepping in all manner of feces because that's where it likes to grow is in dirty areas. What are we talking now? What's supposed to be comfortable? Or, you know, other things where ancient cultures believed in divine masculine, divine feminine, blah, 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 blah. And now we're we're in a world that is more accepting of a spectrum of gender. Yeah, we understand and gender. I'm here yeah, for that, yeah. and I love it. And I am a trans ally. I'm supportive of that. But if you are go- only ever going to read and research things that fits your narrative of life, you're not actually ever going to grow. You're not actually ever going to expand. What's going to end up happening is you are going to limit and narrow yourself, and you're going to feel stuck. You're going to feel stuck and then you're going to like, well, I guess I'm just not meant for this practice and you're going to leave instead of, yeah, read that Buckland book that might have some dated language. Read that Cunningham book that's going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. Read the Ravenwolf book so you know what bullshit sounds like, you know? Oh, poor, poor Ravenwolf. Here's the thing. There's actually some good information and some good ideas in some of those books. But again, they're books. They are that author's perspective and therefore... You read it, you take what you like and what you want to incorporate and tell everything else to fuck off. That's called witchcraft. Mm. You know? Well, I, okay, I, I want to clarify that, though, based on what you just said, because I, I'm kind of... If we only take what we like from not things... What I'm, not, not what okay, you well, like. Okay, well, because that's what you said. So if we only... Take things of value. Okay, yeah, okay. All right, That that's, that's the thing. It's like, if we only fill our practice with the things that we like... We don't really have a practice. Exactly. Well, because there's no opportunity for growth there. Exactly. So, example, I read traditional witchcraft book of Cornish Ways by Jim McGarrett. Mm. Great book. Dry as dry. Well, it's, it's a it's, it's a Jim McGarrett. It's Jim McGarrett. Going to be dry. Lots of yeah. great information. Lots of academia. Okay, cool. Um, I really liked some of the rituals and some of the ideas that she had in there. I'm like, okay, cool. And then she was like, the buka, and I was like. Uh, the book was cool. Not a spirit I'm probably going to work with. I'll stick with Lucifer, but thanks. You know, you can manipulate these rituals and you can change them to fit your own personal spiritual path. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of those things. And even our ancestors knew that. Our ancestors would meet with other people and go, you know, we're going to share this with you. 
you're going to share this with us. Mm. We're going to take this and incorporate it our way, and you can take this and incorporate it your way. And that's synchronization. Synchronization. I always want to say synchronization, but then I think of synchronized swimmers, and I know that's wrong. Yes. Not the synchronized swimming, just my my wording. So there's uh, another thing that I got was a couple days ago, I'm going to use amethyst in a prosperity spell. Okay, so you know that's not how amethyst is used. That's not like what that stone does or leans to, right? Well, it's all about intention. What what qualifications do you have? <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I love it when somebody questions your your experience and education. I was like, well, I've been doing this like you know forever. Oh, so you're gatekeeping what I can and cannot use? No. What's when you say, yes, I am. Get the hell out. I'm just simply telling you that every source book around crystals does not utilize amethyst. It Amethyst is good for psychic development. If you have anxiety centered around your job, sure, mm. go ahead and use some amethyst. But amethyst itself is like, it's not for money. You know where they got that association? Because it's purple and it's connected to royalty. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. Purple isn't royal. It's sovereignty. Purple is connected with sovereignty. You know what else is connected with royalty? Gold. Use a fucking piece of pyrite. Fool's yeah. gold. Yeah. That'll work much better yeah. than amethyst. Because it's purple. And purple yeah. means royalty. Well, we we are definitely, you and I both are, are going to fall into the camp of the, uh, the intention is not... Everything. No, it is intention, not. Intention cannot be everything. You can intend to make coffee, but if you do not have coffee grounds in your coffee maker, you're not going to be making coffee. Yeah. If you put flour in your coffee maker to make coffee, it's not going to be coffee. It's going to be gross water. And you're going to... Enjoy a cup of hot flour water. And you're going to... Break your coffee maker, probably, and create a whole other series of issues. And it doesn't matter that you intended for it to be coffee. It's not coffee. Yeah. You can intend to make an apple pie, but if you put peaches in an apple pie, it's still a peach pie. Yes. Is there anything happening in the community that we're we're, we're enjoying? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm seeing a whole bunch of my old students come out of the woodwork. That's like they, 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 you know, class wrapped up and they were like, okay. Oof. You're talking like last year's. Yeah. Student. Okay, last gotcha. year's Awakened Witch students. And okay. they like kind of like woofed back, you know, they went into the ethers. Yeah. And so a couple of them have been popping up a little bit more recently. And I had a conversation with one today. Hopefully you're listening. If you're listening. Hello. It was great to see you today. And they were just kind of like explaining, like, yeah, so after the class, this is kind of what I felt. I needed to, you know, really focus on, okay, so now I have the structure, I have the organization, I know how to go about this. Let's focus on incorporating it through my daily life and working with it that way. And they were describing some really cool things. And it's really cool seeing students and seeing other practitioners who are not my students, like, reference, like, well, I learned it from this, and this is where they learned it from. And seeing a lot of those people like kind of step out, got like, okay, I'm ready to get going. Like, 
spring spring is happening things are awake let's go let's go let's go and it's been really really cool it's been really nice okay that well that, that is nice it's nice to see people blossoming in that way it's nice to see people being able to incorporate what they've invested in learning spiritually into their day-to-day life yeah that's, yeah that's a, that's a very good feeling so you keep staring up at that are you it, okay it keeps moving well it's because you're you've got there's no airflow there well i don't know what to tell you maybe it's a ghost <sighs> probably it's you maybe how about you are there any, is there anything in the community that you're enjoying um well, I always find little things in our community that I like. Um, I'm trying to think of anything specific, like anything that's, you know, between within the last few days. And I can't really, can't really think of anything actually, which is not to say that there isn't good stuff. You know, I'm, I mean, things are good. I just can't think of any, any one experience that's kind of like, oh yeah, this, you know? Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, huh. Nope. I got nothing. Wow. I know I usually have something. How was I the more positive one? What? How was I the more positive one? Well, I didn't say anything was bad. I just said uh-huh. I didn't couldn't think of anything specific. I don't know. Um, in our area of the world, the seasons... Well, here in Utah, we don't really have seasons. We have blizzards one day and heat waves the next day and anyway halfway through the heat wave yes exactly yeah so anyway but but in general the the days here are warming up Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people are really happy about that and i'm noticing a lot of people are you know understandably getting back out into nature and you know and i like to see that because i think after being you know pinned up in our homes for the cold and dark wintry months it's nice to be able to get out and actually like enjoy some time outside you know i'm not a i'm not a big time i'm not a like a, a sunshine warm weather person you know me i like it to be dark and cloudy and chilly but but it's nice to see other people enjoying the the world you know um i was just gonna say the person who's like ew nature but i'm happy other people are getting out in nature yeah i guess i think it's kind of that's what it is it's like it's not my thing like i don't want to go and do like an all-day-long hike Mainly because I'm severely asthmatic and I, I don't need to, to deal with awesome. that. Allergies. But um, but but if that's something you enjoy, then wonderful, great, get out there and do it, right? Um, yeah, because I mean, I, because I think that that kind of connection to our physical world can be so healing mm-hmm. for most of us. Um, yeah. So I don't know. So that's kind of nice. That's one thing that I've noticed. There's been a lot more conversation in the last couple of weeks about like I'm gonna go, you know, out out and take a hike. I'm gonna go drive up through the canyon and you know, like spend some time in nature. You know, I like I like to see that because that tells me that people are actually taking some time to do some self care, and I think more of us need to probably be doing that. So we yeah. should do a meander. A meander. Yes, Mike and I don't hike. We meander a mosey. Like if uh, we're gonna go out. Like into nature, we just kind of like mosey and meander. I, I think and Mike the, usually ends up talking to trees. It's I think cool. the reason that I don't, uh, I enjoy my I enjoy my tree conversations. Um, I think the reason that we don't really do things like that more often is that we're at a point right now with all the work that yeah. we we have to plan time like that and i know most people these days do yeah. but there's kind of this part of me that's like if i have to like plan this out like down to the detail and block out time for self-care which again we have to do right there's kind of this part of me that's like i'm just not going to do it 
you know, and that, that tends to be how I work. And I know that's probably not healthy, but, um, you know, but that, but it is what it is. And I guess it's not too difficult because for the most part, we really enjoy the work that we do. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we, we have our tricky moments and we deal with some interesting personalities, but overall, I think we enjoy the work that we do. I'm excited to get out into my garden. Yeah, because that's coming up here soon, too. Wormwood is going crazy, y'all. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Wormwood's Wormwood's pretty hardy. Like, crazy. It was, it's like it told winter to back the fuck right off. That's good. Like, it was snowing the other day, and it was like, no, I am thriving. You cannot ruin me, winter. And I was like, living your best life. That's good. You go, little Artemisia. Artemisia absinthium. Yes. It's technical name. Yes, it's botanical. It's taxonomic name. Yes. Um, yeah. Versus Artemisia vulgaris, which is mugwort. Uh, yes. I do have a, another Artemisia out there taking myself around. So, anyway, good podcast. Okay. Good talk. All right. Well, yeah. I, I was going to say yes. I O Lucifer, and uh, yeah, and as always, contact us. Let us know what you think. If you have any ideas or for topics or any questions once again get in touch with us you can reach us on facebook instagram you can contact us at the shop cat and cauldron um and let us know what you think and um that would it would be fun to actually have jeff on if jeff were available yeah i wouldn't mind i don't know what we'd have jeff talk about um we could talk we'll figure we we could yeah why don't you why don't you why don't you you and jeff chat a little bit more than jeff and i do so feel free to set something up sweet um yeah it's been a little bit since we had another another guest on so yeah maybe we need to set that up anyway um that's enough we can have this conversation off of air off the air um thank you everybody all right and uh we will be back next week with another episode happy witching